You are about to enter a great adventure. This is Starting from Gorilla. Welcome back, everyone, to Strutting from Gorilla. This is Big Vito, and I have with me the one, the only, Mikey Cash. How you doing today, Mikey? I'm doing pretty well. I'm ready to rock and roll, dude. Yeah, as am I, man. I, um, you know, yeah, we're without Big Mango and the Leader of Men, um, as we talked about our last podcast. They're stepping away here for a little bit, but um, I got to tell you, I was, after our first one, we got back on the bike. Yeah. I was ready to rock, man. I I was fired up. I'm I've been watching WWE and and um AEW and you know, today I I kind of wanted to and I think we agreed that we just need to extend the last episode, right? We had a lot of yeah. built up yeah. emotions from from coming back and um I think we kind of uh let the rat out of the cage a little bit. So we'll give it an extra an extra episode here. So we're going to call this the continuation episode of episode one. Um, I agree with that. We have way, we had way too much to cover and not enough time to do it. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, we could probably talk for, you know, five hours on this podcast, but um, we won't bore and subject our listeners uh, to that. Cause yeah, what is this? A WWE pay-per-view? It's not going to be five hours. <laughs> but, um, oh, there we go. yeah. Wow. All right. So, hey, um, there's something I wanted to touch on. And uh, before I forget again, because I put this note <laughs> on there about a Bret Hart story. And um, I've been waiting in anticipation yeah. this for the last three weeks. And yeah. Now you forgot about it. This I morning. know. I, and you put it out. You, you brought it up. You're like, that's the one thing out of the 500 notes we have on there. Um, so I've been listening to this audio book, which I just, you know, here and there, uh, you, know, you know how we are. Like, we'll we'll start yeah. something, and then if, if we like it, we'll just keep listening. If we don't, then we usually stop kind of um, abruptly. Like like a book that I won't mention because... Uh, we don't want to disparage their... Right. Name, and it's, it's a, it yeah, really it's wasn't that great of a, of a wrestler biography book. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so... And listen to this audiobook. It's called uh, "We Promised You a Great Show," okay? And it's uh, I highly recommend it. Um, you don't need to read the book. I don't think it's a long listen. I want to say it's maybe like twelve hours or something. Where you know, if you put it on at night and you listen for a half hour each night, it's not a big deal. But it is very, very interesting. And there was something in there that I wanted to touch on um, that we had talked about in a previous episode, right? Uh, you remember the Bret Hart story we talked about with the the Wembley Stadium with with uh, the British against the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that match? Like you don't need to go into detail, but I just want you to kind of give well, me I, your thoughts on it. Well, I I think it's it meant a lot. I think for what it was, the fact that it wasn't the WWE Championship. It was one of the first times I think the show closed and it was a mid card championship, which I I think was indicative of just how important the intercontinental championship was back then and how it was held in, in that kind of prestige. But also the match itself was um, incredible. I, I, those two put on a clinic with each other. And, and I, I mean, it's one of the, one of my favorite Bret Hart matches. It's not my absolute favorite, but it's, it's up there. It's in, I would say my top 10. So I'm going to give you some inside info according to this book. And I mm-hmm. thought this was really interesting because some of the stuff you just said, um, is very interesting about that. So let's, I'm not going to talk about this forever, yep. but I want to give you the background story on it. So that time at WWF, that was right during the, the legal battles with steroids, right? And yep. Hogan was not in the company at the time. And McMahon didn't know what to do. He was trying to push the Ultimate Warrior at that time, but Ultimate Warrior was very um, untrustworthy. So he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. And um, because Hogan wasn't available and obviously the British Bulldog was a big drawer at Wembley stadium. Sure. He had his eye on that match. And did you know, you know what happened in that match? What? Bulldog was high off his gourd on Coke. Swear to God. And 10 minutes into the match, he told Bret Hart, he had to carry him through that match. So if you go back and watch that match, Bret Hart, put on a five-star match basically by himself 
by himself. <laughs> and I, I'd like looked at that and I'm like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. But it was that match along with a lot of other work that really gave McMahon the ability the to push and confidence to push Bret Hart. And that's kind of where he sprung. It, it kind of was a springboard for him. And it wasn't perfect because Hogan came back at WrestleMania nine, obviously in that whole yeah, that, debacle. That and then he left four months later or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it, it was very interesting. I highly recommend the book though. I mean, you got to take it for, for kind of what it's worth um, right. at that point. And, um, but, and, and it's, it's outside sources, but there's a lot of other stuff in there yeah. that I find really, really interesting. Did you know, uh, this is the last thing I'll talk about. Cause we talk about it all the time about this book, but did you know that they pumped crowd noise into, uh, events at that, at that, at that time too, they were trying really? to manipulate. Yeah. Because when Hogan was the, the the baby face, he was getting booed at that time. He was getting booed left and right because he was putting on the same act over and over again. And people were tired of it. But WWE wanted to push him. And they were putting... It's the same thing they do today. And they haven't changed anything, man. They haven't changed anything. And it's crazy to me because they weren't listening to their fans then. And it's the same thing going on now. And I just... Yep. I just there's a lot of parallels to what we talk about in that book and uh, to, to what we talk about in that book. And I just check it out. If you get a chance, even if you just listen to it there, or yeah. you, can, you don't have to listen to the whole thing. You can skip through it, but there's a lot of interesting stories behind the scenes that, that make a lot of sense. And the Hogan thing is, is very interesting. Um, so, and the Bret Hart thing, but that was my Bret Hart story. I thought it was interesting because we talked about how much we love that match and it was pretty much bulldog. Wasn't even just high as a kite. Yeah, like, high as a kite, man. Can't really function. Yeah, if that's him not functioning, I mean, wow. Right. I mean, you know what I, I know. Mean? <laughs> just... But I give it to to I give a lot of credit to Bret Hart. It goes to his character, right? We talk about all no, the time. He was I the think man. That's... He's yeah. always been the man. Yeah, and this I is mean... just another example of Bret having to make up for the lack of professionalism of the person he's working with. I know, man. But like, this is the crazy thing. I won't go off on a tangent because we always do. We but, do. And it, it's typically a Bret Hart tangent. Yeah, but this is the thing, though. Like, okay, Austin Theory, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Braun oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, go They ahead. get this push right away. And guys mm-hmm. like Bret Hart had to sacrifice for years to even get a sniff of that. And I think it makes a big difference because you don't appreciate it as much Hmm. as a star because you worked hard. Look at Austin, Austin. It took him years to get where he was. And let let me ask you this though. Do you feel the same way about Brock Lesnar? A little bit. He came right in and it was the same thing. Rocket strap. He did no intercontinental championship. He's the very last, I I think legitimate King of the ring because it's kind of a sham now, whatever they do with it. It's not real. Like, Oh, I know when it was a pay-per-view, he was the last one, and then he wins the title from The Rock. Yeah, but did That's you know it. they and created... And he's never the... won another title. He just keeps winning the major championships. That King of the Ring was only supposed to be a one-time thing, and it was created for Bret Hart to give him that push because Hogan came back, and it yeah. was to give Bret that push. But, yeah, I, I do feel a little bit of of, of uh, Brock Lesnar that way. But I will tell you, Lesnar went through Ohio Valley Wrestling with Cena and Dave Batista, so it's not like he came right in and but but he's a different breed right like i just look at him as differently what pisses me off about brock lesnar is the part-time thing i just don't think that that works like it's one thing to be a part-timer and come in and be part of storylines it's another thing to be a part-timer and come back and just take the belt like i just don't like that and what i will give wwe credit for is his run right now as a baby face it's actually interesting it's interesting but mike like He's like a different kind of uh, it's it's a different aspect of his character that we haven't gonna, been able to see before. Right. You know, he's coming out and he's like overall yeah. looking straight at us Saskatchewan. But what's the difference here, Mike? He's here every week. Yeah, for the most part. That it's yeah. it's the not there every week is almost like an insult to people because it's like mm. you see these guys that build up these storylines that are there every week and then all of a sudden the guy comes back and he gets a title shot just because he's Brock yeah. Lesnar. I but just, I think people have gotten used to that kind of thing now. Maybe it's been it's been going on now for over ten years. Yeah, but I, mean, I think it think hurts. Of, I think of like 2011 
when really it was rock that started this. So it's all been kind of the same thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think rock's situation was a little bit different. I mean, but I just, I just don't like the coming back and not being part. Like if you're going to be part of a storyline for a championship, you need to be there for a few months and build it up. I just don't like the, oh, he's in a championship match and he comes back, you know, the night before the match and that's it. You know, he comes back to introduce the match. Right. And then he comes like, I'm just well, not sold uh, on that. Well, I don't want to get too hung up on this Brock Lesnar yeah, thing, but right. but uh, you uh, you bring up a good point because we did want to talk a little bit about NXT. So maybe this is a good segue yeah. into that because sure. I, I I'm coming at it from a different perspective where I I don't really mind the whole like Braun Breaker thing and you know, like pushing some of these younger guys because I think with the way NXT had been going for a while, like there are a lot of established stars that are there and. They don't really have. It's basically just they don't have a great transition plan for like how do you sort of infuse this new, lack of a better term, new generation of NXT people into this into the fold. So I'm willing to give NXT the benefit of the doubt, not WWE as a whole, but NXT specifically, as long as Triple H has something to do with it. But uh, you know. Who knows how it's going to work out, but so far, I don't really mind it. I kind of, I think I have in my notes, I actually really like Braun Breaker. I oh, don't, I like him I, too. I think he's actually really good, and and given more opportunities to work with people that are better than him, he's going to improve. And I think that's really the only way you'll learn. So he gets thrown in. It's fine if it's not a huge, if it's not like a great match, or if it feels like it doesn't land completely. Because I think there's... In NXT specifically, there's the ability to learn from things that didn't work and they make adjustments to it. Whereas on the main shows, you don't always see that as much. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think NXT has done a good job. I just, I think for me, we and we talk about it all the time, I, I, again, it's it's the the storylines, right? I like to have some some continuity in what I'm watching, not sure. just like... Well, like it's hard to get that when human. you don't know where anyone's going to go. That's my point. And or who's going to get released. Yeah, and that's my point. But, like, I think back in the day, because these guys, you know, worked so hard to get where they were and had to, like, really grind, yeah. it created this sense of, like, I have to do really well here. I have to compete. And I think we've lost a little bit of that. And I think they could still get it back. I, I don't think there's an issue with that. And I think. No, it's not gone now. forever. I think yeah. I think you're right. It's a little. Yeah. It's just it's subdued right now. Yeah, and and I will tell you, I I do like Braun Breaker. I haven't watched too much of him. I, I I'll be honest, I haven't done my NXT due diligence, but yeah. um, but no, I, I I agree. I think you know he definitely has shades of the Steiners in him, though, which yeah. is awesome. He he talks like Scott and he wrestles like like Rick. Yeah, and it's I, a pretty good combination. It is. I I would agree there, and I mean, I we can debate Scott Steiner all day, but he was pretty good on the mic at <laughs> no, the time. He was. Yeah, and he was he, later in his career. He was a little bit. Uh, he just off got a little walls, whack, but, blacked out, but it's fine. Yeah, but ultimately, uh, I put him up there in the the top echelon of people. So, mm. um, yeah, no, he's good. And uh, honestly, NXT has a lot of they have a lot of holes right now because yeah. they're losing people. Think yeah. of what they've lost over the last six months. I know. <laughs> they lost so many people, not not just to like releases, but also to people letting their contracts expire, going to the main roster. They had a lot of stutter starts from like I want to say really June on, because once July rolled around and live audiences were coming back, WWE just started like poaching NXT to be like, oh, we got to bring this person up, so we got to bring Shotzi Blackheart in, and then we got to bring in Tegan Knox from NXT who both had storylines going on that just got like completely kiboshed. Yep. And then they, and then Knox gets released and Shotzi's doing nothing. She's, I know. you know what I mean? It, it, which I is know. a waste. And Tony storm too. Tony storm I is know. great. And she's getting screwed over on the main roster, at least from what I'm seeing. Just Maybe give me something. But... Just give me something to invest into. That's all yeah. I want. Yeah. Like it's hard to invest in stuff that isn't, isn't there. Like I'm invested in the, the Roman reigns, uh, Brock Lesnar storyline you know it's it they've dragged yeah. it on they've done a good job the Paul Heyman thing was awesome last week on Smackdown yeah like, it's a great it, through line oh man it's but, a great through line they it this is what happens I think when 
I don't know if it's Vince specifically, but someone allows them to just do what they need to do in the story. Yeah. They give them a little bit more autonomy. I know. And it's funny because they continue to sort of like not learn their lesson of, well, if we allow these wrestlers to actually have input into the story and not just have it be beholden to this one, the, to whatever it is that the writer slash Vince slash whoever the hell is in charge on what day, you know, they can actually have stories that people can get invested in and hold true to the character of the superstar, not what this writer thinks the superstar is. And that's the problem. There's a disconnect. There is. And we could talk about this to a blue in the face. Cause yeah, we I talk know. about it all I know. the time. We got, we got them but- on. But it's just like you see the shades of it and you're like, oh, man, it's so good. And and I'll give I'll give AEW credit because I feel like they've done a pretty decent job of, of yeah. keeping storylines. And it, it's not perfect, but I just I am way more just attached to like even the MJFs of the world mm-hmm. just watching that. Um, well, there's way more commitment to the story. And yeah. I think there's there's commitment to the story. And just like we said, I think there are the wrestlers involved in the story are getting input and able to, again, keep things true to themselves. And that translates to the audience. And they're yeah. able to, to remain invested in, 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 even if it's not necessarily working as well. You know, like there are some things like that QT Marshall stuff, like I could pretty much do without him on TV. Oh, again, yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> it, whatever. It's, it's, we'll just let it go. Or even like the Cody stuff, like it's clearly not really landing and they're trying to like turn it into maybe he's turned in heel, maybe he's not. But, oh, but I love the new you know, Alistair Black. It, the crowd reacts, and I think in that regard, you do got to do something with it. Yeah. No, I, listen, I agree. And, um, you know, to kind of go along with this NXT situation, you know, we yeah. Yeah. for the listeners out there, we have a, a, a text chain, you know, surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. And um, I'd love to hear what, our fans think about this question, you know, and you could hit us up on our, our Twitter or our Facebook or our Instagram. Um, we'll go through all of those at the end here, but I'd love to know, because we had this debate. Um, it just kind of started as a friendly chat, but yeah. you know, who's your Mount Rushmore of NXT wrestlers? Yeah. Like, I don't think we need to do a whole show on this. No, no, no. But I think me and you had a little bit of a debate going yeah, on. We were going back and forth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'd love to know, Mikey, why don't you tell your story on, on who yours are and I'll give you mine and we can just kind of go back and forth on them. So for me, so I, I mean, does the Mount Rushmore have to have four people who kind of no. just be like, who's kind of like your all yeah, like I call it Mount Rushmore, but yeah. it's more like your Mount your Rushmore, staples, your pillars, your staples, if you're going to use an AEW yeah. term or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but for me, the the people that fall into that category are uh, Sami Zayn. I think he embodied NXT for a very long time. Yep. And people were really invested in him. I would say uh, Bailey represented yep. that Finn Balor. Yep. I mean, well, as soon as that guy got in, he made an impact and he's one of the few that's had two successful runs in NXT. He yeah. went to the main roster, came back in like 2019 and had like an incredible two year run on that yeah. brand. Absolutely carried it. Uh, and I would also say Oscar. I mean, she really changed the game when she came in absolutely dominant from her first match to her very last match. Yeah, unbelievable. And I, I'd include Samoa Joe in that too. Ah, you took mine. Samo- you didn't mention him on the text chat. You Okay. But bitch. we were just, I was just, okay. God, let's forgive whatever I did or did not say in the text chat. Okay. Samoa right. Joe is up there. He's really, he was great, especially yeah. his feud with Finn Balor. Yeah. They made each other there. Even, even with uh, Shinsuke. You know, yeah. uh, and I put and Shinsuke's Shinsuke an honorable there. mention for me. He's right. See, there I put too. him up there. Um, and unfortunately, I think he gets overshadowed because he's done jack shit on the main roster. They ruined I, him. Oh, They've I know. Ruined him. It's too bad, man. He to me, he was like, again, he's that guy that wrestles um, and puts on a story through wrestling with his, his strong style. Yeah. And he's not a guy that's going to be on the microphone and talk. Unfortunately, it's just not his thing, you know, and, and they keep putting a microphone in front oh, of his face. And then they're it, like, it's, it's just, not working. Like, no, and yes, I get it. You know what? You can you can keep what they're doing on the on the main roster and how they develop storylines. But when you have a guy like Shinsuke and you bring him up, use his strengths, man. It's like 
there's like a there's a Steve Jobs mm-hmm. a Steve Jobs quote where it's like I I don't I hire smart people to for them to tell me what to do, not for me to tell them what to do. It's something like that. It's not yeah. verbatim. I gotcha. And it's like I use that style like when I'm managing people. When I used to coach baseball, I used to do that all the time too. It's like take people's strengths and and use them. Don't mm-hmm. try and take their weaknesses and build it up. Like just use yeah. what's what's good. Like it's well, and that's and, what NXT did. They I and they know. had a really good track record of doing that. I know Oscar never had to do promos, or if she ever did something, it was also really small. To her and the credit, same thing though, with Shinsuke, it was really good. To Oscar's credit, her promos are when she's a heel. I got to be honest, she <laughs> yeah, did a great she's job. Great. She's great, great job, great job. So she she took that and ran with it. And Oscar is very. I agree. I put her up there. With the Charlotte Flair, dude, of the world. she's in like an anomaly. Like, yeah, she's one of the few that trans like was able to go go onto the main roster, and they were still giving her shit to work yeah. with, but she was just making chicken salad. Like, she was killing it. I think she's- a little, I think a little bit of that is uh, just the the depth of the women's roster. Like, I think yeah. there are, there are only a, a handful of women wrestlers at the moment mm-hmm. that can take that kind of brass ring that, 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 that have that ability to do that. I think you look at the Charlotte flares, you -hmm. look at the Bailey's Sasha, Sasha. Yeah. There's a few on there, but like you have to give them that credit because they, they have those people. Like you look at AEW and you got, you have Britt Baker and then you have some people that could get there, but they're not at that level. I don't think, you know, I think with I know we're shifting it to yeah I know AEW's thing but but still yeah we could talk about that later but still uh, um another NXT person who I think needs to be mentioned here is Io Shirai okay I think she had if you watch her matches over yeah. the last even like the pandemic era specifically yeah she was having classics with like Rhea Ripley um, Raquel Gonzalez Charlotte Sasha Banks she has really carried that division since Oscar left. I think yeah. it, it took a while to kind of find who that successor was going to be. And yeah. I think it was Io Shirai. I, I absolutely love watching her work. She's, she's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. She's very good. Um, and especially she was in that match where she jumped off the, uh, off the fist, right? Yeah. 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 yeah oh yeah. 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 Which was awesome. Um, and Gonzalez, I think has a chance to be pretty good too. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but no, okay. Let's get back to my, my oh, yes, yours. people. So, I'm not going to disagree with you, right? Like I like the people you have on there, but I think you left some people out that I could debate could be ahead of them. Uh, Samoa Joe being one of them. Um, and I also really think uh, Bobby Roode um, uh, could be up there. I, you know, you call it just his gimmick, whatever it was, but I mean, I went to that NXT event. We went to an NXT yeah, event we were over in Brooklyn. And to me, he was the guy that I was looking forward to going to see. Maybe because I watched TNA a little bit, so I had a little bit of that. Um, right. That that you were already uh, invested. Yeah. In. So maybe that was it. But the other one is uh, what about Johnny Wrestling there? Johnny Gargano and and Ciampa. You know what I mean? Like those. No, you're two. right. I it's it's not that I disagree with it. It's just I I I think I'm almost like describing different eras of NXT. So it's sort yeah. of. For me, what I resonate with more is that era of it. Yeah. Even though I, I, I absolutely love like Champa's work when he came back as a heel. The, you know, he got injured and like turned heel on Gargano and they kind of like just had this story sort of dragging out for like another year while he healed up. But when he came back, I really love Champa's work. When he was coming out with no music and he was just walking out and people were just booing him and that was essentially his theme. I thought yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you um but no i mean listen if the people listening would love to hear their thoughts too so tweet at us let us know yeah. tell us we're completely wrong it doesn't really matter um but i'd love to this is a complete debate i mean you could really pick a bunch of people in this kind of oh yeah it's kind of like it's it's like picking a like a triple a the best triple a baseball team of all right. time you know it's like it's a little bit more difficult than it is because um, you know, you don't get the full story. Like you, you go into a WWE and they stay in there and you get multiple storylines over a course of work. And you don't really get that with, with, with NXT cause they move on or they came from someplace else where they had history. 
i.e. Samoa Joe, right? Like if you go back and watch TNA and we should do a show on TNA one time because there was a good, they had a good run at some point. And, um, listen, it's, it's probably not to the level of AEW, but, um, they, they had a good run and I think they did some good stuff that if you go back and watch, you'd be pleasantly surprised. And Samoa Joe is a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, No, I agree. But, um, and AJ Styles. I think what we're talking about though is really comes down to a credit to NXT because what it, the fact that we have so many wrestlers that we can choose from means that all of them were able to develop down there and, and not even just develop because it's not like Champa necessarily moved on or Gargano moved on. Like there was a lot of people that kind of were NXT mainstays. And, but I mean, for a long time, we thought Balor was going to end up just never moving up and just staying down there. And he loved it. The same yeah. thing with Bailey and and even you know Sasha loved NXT too, yep. um, but it it just it's a testament to the work that they allowed the wrestlers to kind of collaborate with on. And yep. when you do when you see interviews with people who were down in NXT, even Adam Cole talked about it when during his presser when he uh, when he was debuted at All Out, he talked about the fact that it was very much like a family atmosphere down there where everybody was sort of included on the creative process. And that's that's the thing that's not happening really now. Yeah. And so that's why you see the change in NXT because Vince has taken more of a a creative director role down there. So it's sort of like you can see elements of when it happens because there's been segments recently on TV. And I know I'm kind of switching gears, but it you can see some of these vignettes and you're like, that's a Vince one. That's a Vince one. It's like yeah. you're watching two different directors work and you can tell which one is which. I know. I I agree. I agree with you there. Um, but no, there's some good stuff coming out of there. And I, you know, I, I'll just, before we move on to, yeah. to I want to talk a little bit about some stuff that's going on, especially like the Jeff Hardy situation. But before we do that, the last thing I wanted to, to touch on was um, uh, the situation with, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought, Mike. This is what happens when it's happening you have, to you. Are when you, you okay? have a million things going on in your brain and you're, you're going a mile minute with this with this podcast well we're talking about nxt and there was something else i want to touch on but you know what just like we did in the last episode when my train just of thought comes on. back just talk about jeff hardy yeah. all right yeah jeff hardy let's talk okay. about okay so yeah, he he got sent home what was it a couple of weeks ago in was it in texas or something he was at uh, a house show or whatever and it became kind of clear that like something was off with him so he yeah. ended up like leaving the match and I, I don't know if you've seen it, but on Instagram, like people posted a ton of like pictures or videos of him, like walking through the crowd and like signing autographs. And he honestly seemed kind of fine. And yeah. so now they, they ended up saying that they offered him help rehab. He said no. And then they let him go. And what's been interesting since then is that typically when this has happened with Jeff, he's just sort of fallen off the radar and will kind of will go into either hiding like on the Hardy compound or he'll actually go into rehab. But it's very interesting that other people are speaking up for him, including other wrestlers, which is not something we've seen in the past when Hardy's had these kinds of like hiccups, shall we say? Yeah. Also his brother, uh, also his wife. And I don't know if you've seen anything recently, but he just did like a live music show. Like he's just kind of doing an acoustic set and he looked fine, which leads me to think maybe he kind of like, he duped them purposely like did this to get released so that he could just like stop. I mean, he, in his, um, I watched it a few weeks ago and I, and I apologize that I feel a little all over the map here, but he did that podcast with Austin and he talked about how he, he's not sure how much he can keep going with his body and how much it, how much pain he's in. So I wonder if this was kind of his way of like, all right, well, you know, the WWE schedule really isn't working for me anymore. So maybe I got to take the step back and just do some of the things that I really enjoy doing. And who knows? I mean, it's possible that being back out on the road was more of a trigger for him than being home and doing all these other things, doing the music. It, and it I don't could know. be. No, it could be. And here's the thing. Like, I, no matter what the situation is, if he's having issues with substance abuse, obviously. Right. Wanna, if it is, then yeah. I, he should be getting help. I hope right. And we want to we want to wish him the best like that. You don't want to mess around with something like that, especially with, you know, the past with all of these wrestlers dying. We've seen so many people abuse. die. Yeah. Before we don't, they we don't want that. No, you don't want that. And if, if that is the case, I give WWE credit for putting their foot down and saying, yeah. hey, you know, we're, we're going to take your health seriously over 
over wrestling, which they've never really done in the past. So, mm. or haven't done lot a lot in the past, basically. Um, right. So, you know, either way, I hope he gets better. I mean, I, I enjoy watching him, and unfortunately, he was very underutilized. I think in in his time back here, um, and uh, you know, I. I can't say that I was a big fan of them using his uh, substance abuse in a storyline. Like, I don't think that that's something they should have done, but they did the same thing to Hawk. I know. I know they and did. And it didn't work then but either. Times are different. Times are different, man. Like back then they were doing stuff that really crossed the line. And nowadays they don't do that. Like they don't, they don't really do that. Yeah. So, so why are you picking, pick and choose your, you can't blur right. a line and then all of a sudden choose it one time. And, you know, Kurt Angle even said, and I'll use this as a parallel. Cause he recently said, he's like, I knew coming back to WWE that I was going to have to pay my dues because I left for however many years, 11 mm-hmm. years. And he goes, I didn't, I knew that coming back. I knew I wasn't going to get booked. Great. He goes, but I did it for the fans because mm-hmm. I had my best times at WWE and I took whatever they wanted to give me on the chin. And that's the way it was. At least I gave my fans a chance to see me one last time in WWE, which understandably. And I think that's why he kind of ate crow when he came back. And I disagree with those the way they do that. You know, like I get it. You're the big boss. You want to make a point. But why what you know there was, there was it so makes many no sense good, now it makes no sense so to many... do that kind of stuff and and especially no. if you're making a story out of someone's struggles real life struggles you yeah. know if this was like a, a hollywood studio that was working in conge- like in collaboration with jeff about it then i would be like okay i could trust it but yeah. we've seen time and again that this creative team has no fucking idea what they're doing Ugh. so Trusting them with such such a sensitive subject about someone's actual life, yeah. I don't trust at all. Yeah. No, so me neither. you knew it wasn't going to come out well. No, me neither. And and I hope yeah, I feel like he's going to end up on AEW regardless. And yeah. um, I don't even if he just comes to, I'm not going to work call a it couple a of tag role, matches and then yeah. see you later. But which yeah, is right. fine I don't, because I don't, I don't think, think he can handle a full time schedule anymore. No, no, and and that's fine. And I think. That, you know, I'd love to see him with the Darby Allen. That would be a great match, yeah. man. You know, yeah. like there'd be some some good stuff to come out of that. But um anyways, I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. But let's let's move along. Um, you know, again, this this episode's a little bit all over the place, but we no, have a I lot know. we want to touch on and I, I well, I'm fine with that. We usually listen, we hit our bread and butter with like episodes yeah. on older stuff. And you know what? The fact that we have so much to talk about on, on like, what's going on day. now. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, so I wanted to touch on something because we because we're on the subject of things that are just like not really like it. It's not cool anymore to do this stuff. Like, so I wanted to touch on the that whole MJF CM Punk thing, like the use of like Britt Baker essentially as like a, a story tool here for them of, oh, you're only complimenting her because you want to get in her pants. And it's like, why does she even need to come up? Yeah. No, hey, listen. It's not like it isn't 1998 anymore. It really wasn't (laughs) cool back then either, but we were just 14 and not really mature enough to to see what was going on. But like, it doesn't need to happen. And like, I know that CM Punk addressed it like on Rampage. He came back out, or was it Don? It was one of them. He came back out and had like a rebuttal when they were in Long Island, which was the worst place for him to come do this rebuttal because. I'm from Long Island myself, but there are a bunch of idiots over there. They have no idea what they're doing. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna agree and disagree with you on this because yeah. I I'm I also understand and I think it's a different era. But I got to tell you, from a character standpoint of MJF, it makes you hate him that much. No, more. it does. And I think that's the point. Like, yeah, it it it's not necessarily like a dig at her or anything. I think it's just, it, it hits a nerve for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. And MJF, that is what he is good at. He does yeah. a great job. And sometimes I, I can tell you, he probably goes over the line, but if you go back to the days when, when we loved wrestling and it was all good, right. They did a great job of giving you that blurred reality of 
okay, is this real? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if this is real or not. Sure. And you're getting a lot of that sense. You got it with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. You're getting a lot more of that in AEW. With that work and, shoot type of thing. Yeah. And oh. and I got to say, I really like it. I, I, I agree. Like, you know, that type of stuff just is not kosher nowadays it's nor not should there it anymore. have been ever but it do- listen from a from a character build-up standpoint it makes you hate him that much more and it and it does and <laughs> and i think my issue with it is is obviously just it's not cool to be doing that anymore like yeah. using women and yeah kind I of agree. A, a, a addressing them in that way but also from like a women's division standpoint she's your women's champion that's true and she's being used as essentially a pawn you're already struggling if you're AEW yeah. to get people to care about your women's division because you haven't really put that much into it yet. So they they're they're all they were already behind the eight ball and now they're doing this. So yeah. what that does again is in people's minds, they're just not taking it as seriously. Yeah. I, or at yeah. least it, it opens it up for that to happen again. Like See, I you could look at it the other way too, though, because I look at it as she's so over. That it just yeah. makes her people a little bit more sympathetic for her, and it puts her over even more. But, but I also understand also not what the you're point. saying. If she's a if I know. she's a heel champion, why am I supposed yeah. to feel bad for her? Yeah, but I, so I don't. We're know. supposed to hate MJF, but we're supposed to like Britt Baker now. Yeah, I right. like yeah. where it doesn't make I, any sense. But I I also think a lot of people like MJF as much as they hate him. I think they respect yeah. the fact he's a good heel. Like I it's no, I weird. get it. It's, you're almost seeing the the Austin effect, right? Like to some degree, where he was this like conniving character that people were supposed to hate, and then he goes against Bret Hart. Bret Hart does that turn double turn, and yeah. it's like all of a sudden the heel is the the uh, the hero. And I, I don't know. I agree with you, but. I can also, I, I, playing devil, devil's advocate, I can yeah. see why that type of style can work. And if you watch his promos, he's really good at digging that knife, man, into people. No, he is. Yeah, it's like. And and I've heard Jericho talk about the fact that sometimes he'll talk to him and say, like, you got to take your foot off a little bit. Well, he got and in trouble once. Was, but this is a situation where I think I he needed to take his foot off. I know. I don't, I I, there's, think, the, he has. He's so gifted that there's so yeah. many other ways he can get that, still okay. get that kind of heat from folks without having her involved. I'll and, agree with and that. A, I'll agree with that. I, and for me, it's just like uh, maybe I'm one of the few here, but I'm I'm invested in getting that AEW Women's Division. I know you are. Like off the ground, like this TBS Championship, that tournament should be should be getting way more fan for there than it is. Yeah. But it's just like, all right, so we got it, and we've gone two weeks without anything yeah no and i, I listen and, and it, i think they're trying to do it so that it, it culminates on that first tbs show i think i i kind of see where they're trying to do it but still it just feels like i know uh, and okay like, i'm it, this kind of is a little bit off subject but i kind of look at it like the wnba right like the wnba and nba like there's a big disparity with with pay right and it's a mm-hmm. big issue right now the problem is if you were to put WNBA versus the nba the amount of people that watch one versus the other is what it is and it's Mm -hmm. like maybe you're not giving them the time of day i just i i'm all for women's rights i want the women's division to do really well i'm all about that i just think even when they did the the women's pay-per-view for wwe it was one of the lowest drawing pay-per-views of all time which is why they've never done another one and maybe they just didn't build it up enough i don't know but, but again, do you trust it's it's about who do you trust? Yeah. Can you really trust WWE to put on that kind of show? Yeah, I know. I mean, they claim that they are the the inventors of the women's evolution when, you know, you just mentioned wanting to do an episode of TNA. TNA really was revolutionary with the oh, division because they they actually gave a shit and yeah. gave them time and let it sort of organically develop rather than it just be a PR move. So, no, I mean, I agree. Yeah, evolution's ratings are what it was, but if you watch the show, it was a good show. So, you know, are we really going to care about ratings now? Like, yeah, no, buy, I know buy rates in the streaming era. I mean, come on, I know. No, listen, we should do a whole show on this one because I think we could we have some good 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 topics. I really do. But um, no, you're right. I agree there. But uh, as you far damn as I'm like, right, I'm right. Hey, as far as the MJF thing goes, like on a on a positive note, I'm yeah. actually excited about the way things are going with him. And oh, I, and, I'm looking forward to that match with Punk. I think it'll be good. Yeah, no, I think it'll be 
it'll be fantastic. Um, but what about the the Danielson Hangman match from last week? Uh, Did you watch that, dude? It was I. So I got to watch it over the weekend. That was absolutely, to use one of your words, phenomenal. It was just, it was a sixty-minute TV match that ended in a draw, which was so cool. And the fact that they paced it as well as they did, it didn't really feel like a full hour of a match. No. It, it, they did a really good job with it. And yeah. it, it was almost like they had different stages of the match. You know, it was just, it, it felt very much like, um, I, I know this is a big comparison to it, but I'm thinking of that Iron Man match with Brett and Sean and how the way they, they tried to pace it was splitting the match up of kind of one person kind of running one piece and the other person running the other half. And maybe that's what they did, but my God, as much, I love hangman. And so when I'm about to say this isn't like against hangman, but damn Danielson might've been the best signing they've had so far. (laughs) He is just doing his best work and whether it's a farewell tour or not remains to be seen, but my God, he is just letting it all out. And it, it's a, a little bit of a damnation on WWE that he got watered down to the point that he did and was still able to get the success that he had. But man, in AEW, he is really just shining, really leaning into that heel character. I I love it. I love it so far. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I made this comparison. He's kind of your modern day HBK in the fact that like he makes people look better in his matches. He's not, I, I put him across between Bret Hart and HBK because he's got a lot more um, ethics. He's got a lot of Bret in him. Yeah, but he also was trained by Sean, so I think yeah, there's, and you see that you do, and he just puts on those matches. I mean, even the match with with, with Miro, like you, you put in, mm-hmm. you know, and I love it. You know, Bubba Ray Dudley said something that, like, you know, all of these matches are more like pay per view matches, and it's like, yeah, so what? I know, I, like, I, th- like th- so th- there is no such thing as pay per view anymore. I know. Like, it's just there's an event that you can stream. I know. That's it. Yeah, I, I love to see these guys put like, on good matches. That's that's what you want to see. Cares. You know? Yeah. No, I listen. I'm a hundred percent behind that. I think Danielson's been great. Um, I really do. Uh, and I, I think it's going to continue to get better. That I mm-hmm. and I like that he has this building feud with Hangman. It's not just a one match like and it's over thing it's like building and like that's what you want to see and you know now they're going to end up fighting again because it ended in a draw and so they're they're probably going to find their way back to each other oh be cool oh 100 even if it takes a little while you uh, i this is where i do trust the writing and, and sort of the storytelling of being able to still thread that connection between hangman and danielson even if danielson and hangman are kind of doing other things they can eventually come back to each other and, and it wouldn't feel forced. It wouldn't feel like, Oh, they're just kind of hodgepodge throwing these things together again. Oh, I agree. Um, and the other thing you see, like, have you watched the, um, the young bucks and, uh, the, what they call them the elite, right? Like mm-hmm. how much does that remind you of the NWL a little bit? It's got a different style to it, but it's, they've got like this, I don't give a shit attitude. Like it's very reminiscent of the click, they yeah. call himself the super click or whatever. And, um, I, I like it, you know, I, I, I think it's great. It's like an ode mm-hmm. to a little bit of that style stuff that went on. I, I can't tell yeah. you, I, I don't, we don't need to see, you know, 45 minute, um, young gun matches or young, young gun, young, Bucks, <laughs> young, young gun, gun matches, yeah, young buck matches. Nice. Like we, like, I, I just don't think we need to see that all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, no, I do no, like I never the style. Saying. Um, and I think there's, they've got some, some, some good stuff. Like even, um, who did, M- who did MGAF face in the, the diamond ring match? Was it Martin? Deontay yeah, Dante Martin. Martin. That Dante dude is Martin. good. Dude, he's yeah, good, dude right? Good. He's yeah. he definitely has some. He he messes up a lot of his spots, but like just the athletic ability that he has. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I think that's where it's going to be important for some of the like the veterans on that roster to like kind of help those guys along. Be like, all right, like pick your spot with it. It's like otherwise it just becomes a white noise when all of these wrestlers are doing essentially the same flips and things and everything. Like. It, you kind of start uh, for me, I just start tuning it out. I'm like, well, this yeah. doesn't mean anything. This is just another flip. 
So like maybe I'm just like becoming a crotchety old man. And that's like why I sound like JR. I do. I do sound like JR, except I'm not being paid to announce and shit on the wrestlers during the show. So that's true. I JR, I love you. I hope everything's going well, but you need to change some things when you get back. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, all right. So what else did we miss on Mike that you want to touch uh, on? Before okay. We uh, close I just want to, I want to throw out there that I'm, I'm calling it Thunder Rosa will be your TBS champion. Just saying she's going to be your TBS women's champion. Do she's in the finals. Like a, it's it's do Thunder you have Rosa. a shrine to her at your house. Like you, you, but she's Thunder just Rosa. so good, dude. She is. I think you got it. You can't have a, a woman with that level of skill and not eventually put, put some sort of title on her. If you want to keep her away from Brit for a while, fine. But then you got to do, you got to give her that championship so that she can have her own sort of like side stories of people to fight. I mean, maybe they'll give it to Jade. Because Jade can kind of maybe like run the gauntlet, but she hasn't had a lot of long matches. And so I almost want to hold off and see like what happens when she's legit challenged. So like how how do things go in this tournament for her? Like how yeah. what's her performance like? Because I, I see a lot of potential with her. I think she could be really good. And I, I like her character. I like uh, smart Mark Sterling. <laughs> I kind of think he's hysterical. He's just like, <laughs> he just loves her. Um, but no, so I think... It, you know, I, I I don't think Ruby Soho necessarily needs it, or really Nyla for that matter either. So really, it's between Thunder Rosa and Jade that I think like really need it. Yeah. Okay. But that's that, that's that, that's just my thing. But you know how I no. Am. Listen, you're more of an expert on it than I am. Um. So I would I agree. I I do like Thunder Rosa. Um. I just know you have a a secret crush on her, and 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 I think she has one on you. She follows you on the 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 Twitter machine. So. You know, hey, that's she's a, a, that's she's a, a badass, deal. man. That's she's a big a badass. deal. That's a big deal. You know, the, the other thing I wanted to touch on that I, that I missed kind of like end of the show notes here. Um, so the, the warrior, the ultimate warrior that went back. I know this is back in the day, but on this, in this book that I'm listening to, they talked about how, you know, when he left WWE, he was on terrible terms and they, for a while, they axed him from the, WWE, you know, history. Okay. And I don't know if you remember, but I find it very ironic. They have the warrior award as this Mm -hmm. prestigious thing after the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the guy was like anti-gay, like racist, all this stuff and blatant about it in how he would talk. So, it's like they built this legacy around the guy they wanted to get rid of a legacy about just because he came back and they inducted him to the hall of fame for like a month's period. Like it's crazy to me. Like I, why are you bringing this up now towards the end of the show? I feel like we need, we need like a, this needed to be like the start of the show so we could have more time to to dive into this. It's I'm going to start calling this WWE logic. Um, is what we're going to call it because it it's just a don't understand it they 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 make a lot of claims about what they believe in but it's really just to sort of attract different people to watch the product i know i know i know it's all calculated i know i've been doing it forever and i I get exactly it shouldn't be a surprise to you no it isn't i just i had to bring that up because they mentioned it and i'm like that's a really good point now they have this like prestigious warrior award that they promote and it's like okay well sure Yep. You're I mean, it, it, to show you like just an, another example of why, like what they do means nothing. They inducted Kid Rock into the Hall of Fame and their like Celebrity Wing Hall of Fame, and he still won't let them use their music on old replays. So yeah. if you watch like Undertaker, Undertaker entrances from the year 2000, it's just his like his Jim Johnson theme. The yeah. you done it now. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they won't let, he won't similar, let them use American Badass. Which is very similar to the Eric Bischoff. You know, uh, he's back. I'm if you, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Did Eric Bischoff sing that song? I thought he, I forget. There's a couple of wrestlers who've sang their song. I know Michaels did it and um, Tyler Breeze did it. We'll have to Jeff put that Hardy with his, he had his yeah. thing. Yeah. His I don't band. know. I don't know, but it, it's, it's interesting. So, all right. Well, anyway. listen, we're, 
short on time here. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? I think we covered pretty much everything that we wanted yeah. to talk about. Um, Just, and it was fairly quick and yeah, yeah. I think we, we can branch off some of this and actually have a, like a legit episode on some of this stuff. So, um, let's, let's just keep the, the listeners attuned here. Uh, our next episode will be another IRL in real life episode. We're going to talk about, uh, the road to the rumble. Um, probably talk about day one. Yeah. Talk about day one, a few things going on. Um, we're going to try and keep these, uh, in real life episodes going during, uh, main pay-per-views type deal. Um, but then we also have some good stuff coming up. We're going to do an episode on the rock, which I know you are like, we got to give that one some time. Cause I know you want to really like, let that one marinate. I got to reread yep. his book. We got a, we got a Mick Foley episode. We're going to do a territories episode. So we're going to mix them up a little bit this season and, um, and have some fun. Um, but, um, Mike, I, I, let's, let's, let's give the listeners, you know, if, if you have something that you want us to, to talk about, you disagree with us, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are on all of the socials here. You can check us out on, um, strutting from gorilla.com. Uh, check right. it out there. You'll see all of our podcasts. Shout out to Leader of Men for putting together a fantastic uh, website. Yep. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter and TikTok at from underscore gorilla. And I will let you take the Facebook and Instagram handles. We are, thank you, Vito. We are on Facebook at, at SFG Podcast and on the Insta at, at SF Gorilla Pod. So you have plenty of ways to uh, get at us and, um, you know, tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. You know, if it's Twitter, you'll probably say something insulting. Yeah. If it's Twitter, you'll probably say something insulting because that's what Twitter does. Um, If it's Facebook or Instagram, you know, maybe you'll say something positive. Who knows? But um, for now, let's let's end there. And, um, you know, I hope you guys have a, a great week. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, yeah. Have a safe and happy new year. Rock on. We now return your perception of reality to you. Until next time.